This is Unfiltered, episode 55, for June 19th, 2013. What do you think of Edward Snowden? I think he's a traitor. I think he has uh, uh, committed crimes, in effect, by uh, violating uh, agreements, uh, given the position he had. He was a contractor employee, but he obviously had been granted uh, top-secret clearance. And uh, I think it's one of the worst occasions in my memory of... uh, somebody with uh, access to classified information doing enormous damage to the national security interests of the United States. On this week's episode of Unfiltered, in the wake of the NSA leaks, we're being told to trust the government with our simple data. It's the leaker we need to worry about. Edward Snowden takes to the web to defend his name while top officials in the U.S. intelligence answer softball questions read from prepared statements. This week, we'll examine the claims, scrutinize the testimonies, and bring you up to date on the largest invasion of the world's privacy we've ever seen. Plus, the FBI admits to operating drones within the U.S., your feedback, and much, much more on this week's episode of Unfiltered. Unfilter episode 55 of Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show is distracting you from all of that TV you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is the always excellent Mr. Chase. Hey, Chris. Hey, everybody. You know, I'm, I got to say I'm very happy and excited to be here. We got a huge, big show lined up. I was very happy driving over here today. I uh, kidnapped one of uh, Chris's kids uh, for a short distance. That was nice. Thanks for picking up my kid, by the way. Hey, no, no sweat. Uh, <laughs> That's the, handy. Uh, and you know what? You didn't have anything to worry about because the FBI drone was securely right. overhead. You had an escort uh, for your protection. Of, of, you know, because yeah. I felt yeah. safer. Right. Well, you want to make sure that we're monitoring you and keeping you secure just in case there's a terrorist a threat. You know, honestly, listen, Chase. In this, in this, in this neighborhood, you've got to watch out. It's a, it's a series of dots, right? And, yeah. And, yeah. And, and we've been connecting these dots, and here's what we've discovered. Okay. And uh, by the way. Can you, can you like really break it down? Turns out I work for the NSA. Turns out. And okay. uh, I've All just right. been noticing that you've been doing this podcast. Yeah, but wait, It Chris, seems like maybe it's collecting a bunch of terrorist emails. Uh, so Chris, we have I, to wa- – Jason, I'm sorry. Wait, no, we no, have no, to I watch have some, you. I have some news for you. What? Well, you said you work for the NSA, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I work for the uh, National Security Agency. Yeah. I work for the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Oh, so you mean we've been investigating each other this entire time? Yeah, you know how our agencies don't really like to talk to each other? Now, with all of this monitoring, how could we have missed this? Well, you do realize that you don't share your information with me, right. and I don't really share information with you. But I thought we were going to connect dots. Yeah, but you realize something. Our budgets don't really line up. Yeah, well, sequester. Yeah, well, that's the problem. Yeah, it is the problem, <laughs> <It's too> Chase. <laughs> no, so no, no. today's episode, there's a lot going on in the world. Yes. I want to give special mention to one of the big stories that I regret we're not going to be able to reach today, and that is uh, the protests that are going, in, going down in Brazil. Uh, and I think it's very interesting. It's gotten very little play. 
over here in the U.S. Yeah, we do have a lot going on, but they've still managed to cover a lot of other ridiculous. No, I don't mean to call the Brazil thing ridiculous. You mean but like a lot what? Kim Kardashian things. having a yeah. baby? Yeah, I mean exactly you, like that. You mean the the yeah. the Heat fans walking out yeah. on the game when yeah. they win the finals? In the, uh, yep, yep. Game six. Yep, that'd that's... be another one. That'd yeah. be another. Yeah. yeah. So, but so for some reason we couldn't we couldn't slice in a thirty second clip for Brazil. Uh, so we're gonna follow we're gonna follow uh, in the mainstream media's example in this episode. However. Uh, we are monitoring. We might have some more for you next week. This week, however, we're going to continue to focus on the fallout from uh, PRISM, a.k.a. Uh, Program 707 or 702, I believe it is. Uh wasn't called PRISM very much this week, but uh, the controversies continued. Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. And right now, liberty is bleeding. Now, uh, here's the I thought we'd kind of follow events in chronological order that they happened since our last episode. So uh, I will kind of say that episode 54 of Unfilter might be a prerequisite for this episode. They kind of go together. Um, And the reason for that is, is we we kind of covered the news and we documented the breaking of the news last week. After our show went on air, there was the weekend. Oh, boy. And with the weekend come the Sunday talk shows. And typically what happens, though, is the stories that will come out on Thursday and usually Friday hope to be forgotten by next week. Right, right, right. That's usually what yeah. happens. Yeah, and every now you know, and every now and then something comes out real big and it totally just goes under the radar. And a lot of times the Sunday shows, you know, th- their main topic's already been set midway by the week because they have to book their guests and all these kinds of things. So it was pretty obvious, even when we were doing our show on Wednesday, uh, that the big story on the Sunday shows would be... The NSA leak in some capacity. Now, I was hoping for a good, robust debate, as the president has said he wanted. But what we got instead was the mainstream media, media, a media, turned their collective focus onto Edward Snowden and began their process of systematically destroying his character. And I got a couple of clips to play these for you. We'll talk about this. But wait a minute. I thought the news was supposed to be fair and unbiased, and they were supposed to present the facts in a logical manner. You'd think that we'd want to discuss the uh, Fourth Amendment violation. You'd think we'd want to discuss the fact that we're just wholehandedly and and completely collecting the data of people around the world. If you're not a U.S. citizen, you basically have no protections. But I guess if you have nothing to hide, there's not a problem here, right? Right. No, no reason to keep any of that classified. And, of course, there'd be no reason for the mainstream media to change the dialogue from discussion of those issues to that of Edward Snowden. Right. Enter Edward Snowden, Enter. a foot soldier in an army of contractors with top-secret clearances. The NSA says his leaks jeopardize these intelligence tools. We have too many people who have access to uh, top-secret clearance uh, um, uh, clearances. As a result of that, uh, you have people who are uh, not fully vetted, and this may be the case uh, with Mr. Snowden. But a form- so the argument there, so a part of the new arguments being developed here is, it's not so much the problem that we have this data. The problem is, is that we got like a thousand, that's the number they quoted in their hearing, a thousand sysadmins that have root access to all of the servers that hold this data. Well, and they're also saying that he wasn't vetted enough, I, a.k.a. saying that we didn't do enough research on the guy right. to really see if this is the kind of guy that would actually, I don't know, tell the public about some sort of program against right. the Constitution. And also, no mention if now Booz Allen's, uh, which, by the way, Booz Allen makes the lion's share of their money, almost like 90% of their money, from government intelligence agency contracts. No word of Booz Allen will have any kind of repercussions if their contracts will be cut back, if they're going to have to be audited. No word on that. No, instead, we got to talk about Snowden. Former CIA official says you can't stop leakers. It suggests you can stop someone from thinking 
that they should do something like Edward Snowden has, has done and then stop them at the border before you know they're going to do it. I don't understand how you can stop this over time. You can't police somebody's thoughts. Still, intelligence officials shell-shocked by the leaks form. are rethinking the um, system. So what we have to do is go look and say, how did he do that? What did he do? Where was that? Even as the president on PBS defended them. My concern has always been not that we shouldn't do intelligence gathering to prevent terrorism, but rather, are we setting up a systems of checks and balances? Tonight, there are reports still that Snowden is still believed to be in Hong Kong, has asked an intermediary to help him seek asylum in Iceland, even as officials believe that he made off with at least one million separate documents. Brian? Ooh, sounds very scary. So that's NBC. And okay. by the way, uh, his name is Chase, not Brian. Oh. oh Andrea. Yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> you know, that's more of the uh, we're going to we're going to give you some information and let you connect the dots again and then draw your own conclusions. That's the sneaky way. That's not how Bob Schaefer rolls, man. That's Bob Schaefer is old school. CBS. CBS. Straightforward. Remember, he's the guy he's the guy that ran that real spirited presidential debate where he just kind of sat there and waddled and watched them debate things back and forth and agree with each other. He, he let him he let him fight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, so Bob Schaefer, man, he's going old school all over Snowden. I like people who are willing to stand up to the government. As a reporter, it's my job to do that from time to time. Uh-huh. Sure Some of the do. people I admire most on, in the government. I like this. So, so far, he's really winning me over. So he talks about how he likes people. He's making you feel warm and fuzzy. He likes people to stand up to government, although he never does it himself. And some of the people he admires the most are in government. Okay, so far, winning me over, Bob. Men and women who led the civil rights movement, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King Jr., they are true heroes. I'm not ready to put Edward Snowden in that category. For What? What is with the Martin Luther King comparisons? We played a pre-show clip that's going to be in the supporter show that also where Ed Schultz compares him to Martin Luther King. Did they release some sort of memo that said, hey, everybody, Martin Luther King didn't go to China? Well, it's sad, but... We don't have a long list of uh, good American heroes, I think, uh, in the media. They don't have a long list to choose from that people would recognize the that names. Are, that are blessed by the uh, by the uh, controllers. I mean, right, because Martin Luther King, that's far enough back. But you, they're not going to say – because when I think of somebody who's equivalent to Snowden, Julian Assange comes to mind. You know what? Right? I that's what I think of. I, I also think like Matt Tillman. Yeah, uh, sure. I, right? I think of him, you know, where he passed up a lucrative opportunity yep. in the NFL to go fight for our country. You know, I think of true heroes here, but no, he can't think of them. So he goes, now, not say Martin Luther King's not a great hero of this country. Right. But there's a lot out there that are more current. And let's be honest. If Martin Luther King uh, wasn't trying, I mean, the, the two situations are not comparable. He was trying to initiate a movement and organize a movement of the people. Segregation and racism? Hello. <laughs> where Snowden is trying to disseminate raw data. You can You can argue with that sort of concave of the situation. But what he is trying to do is completely different than what Martin Luther King did. And to compare the two is very odd. And, and secondarily, don't you think Bradley Manning kind of wishes at this point he had gone to China? That dude spent three yeah. years in prison before he just barely got a trial, nine months plus of which were, were, in, uh, were in confinement, solitary confinement, which the judge has actually ruled was torture. And so he was tortured. So, yeah, if, if I was going to leak a bunch of information, you bet your ass I'm going to leave this country. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though. Obviously, Martin Luther King, when he stood up for what he believed in, he didn't leave the country. It, but the jobs were completely different. Right. But also the times were completely different as right, well. Sure. I mean, back in, what was it, 50s and 60s, you know, 
it's much different time now where everything's electronically connected, everything's monitored in a different way. Right, right. It's totally different. It's the spread of information versus the spread of motivating man to man, woman to woman, person to person. Because, because now you're fighting, as we've just heard, the media putting their spin on who you are when you you don't have that voice to to give. And I think I think you know so far Bob's doing great. Let's let's hear him out. Let's right. Maybe he's okay. got some other great examples. Right. One thing I don't remember Martin Luther King Jr. or Rosa Parks running off and hiding in China. The people who led the civil rights movement were willing to break the law and suffer the consequences. That's a little different than putting the nation's security at risk and running away. I know 11 people who died or lost a member of their family on 9-11. My younger daughter lived in Manhattan then. It was six hours before we knew she was safe. I'm not interested in going through that again. I don't know yet if the government is overreached since 9-11 to reinforce our defenses, and we need to find out. What I do know, though, is that these procedures were put in place and are being overseen by officials we elected, and we should hold them accountable. I think what we have in Edward Snowden is just a narcissistic young man who has decided he is smarter than the rest of us. I don't know what he is beyond that, but he is no hero. If he has a valid point, and I'm not even sure he does, he would greatly help his cause by voluntarily coming home to face the consequences. Back in so, a minute. So, so what it sounds like to me, this is what it sounds like to me. It sounds like that the reason why he doesn't consider him under the same threshold and status as a hero like Martin Luther King is because of the fact that he is in Hong Kong or in China running away. Actually, that's the same place, right? China. Anyway. I, I agree. I mean, it, the fact that he went to China is extremely suspicious. Snowden has said that he went there because if he felt like he went straight to Iceland, he'd be intercepted along the way. So now he's asking for asylum to right. go there. To go there. Um, he wants to leave Hong Kong and go to Iceland. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting. So Schaefer is sort of doing, you know, that's a pretty good teardown if you're not really kind of breaking down every component of what Schaefer's saying. And I can't deny what he's saying either. You know, I mean, for me, looking at this objectively, if you, Chris, were in that position, let's say, for example, you were working in Hawaii, beautiful place to live, nice beaches, good looking girls. And then you he had a good looking girlfriend. Yeah. She's a little. She had the crazy eyes, though, Chase. Well, you know, maybe that's why he left. But <laughs> what would you do in this situation, Chris? I mean, would you well stand up? I mean, you would hope to. You'd want to and have the courage. It hit to. me. It hit me this week when uh, I was reading that online chat and that you know I, I watched the interview with him again and I realized he's our age. Yeah. And what 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 i think what a lot of guys who are in their late 20s early 30s go through is sort of this awakening about the situation around them that hold on maybe not everything i've been led to believe is exactly accurate hold on how come every time i think the herd wisdom about something is one way when i research it it turns out to be something almost completely opposite hold on what's going you know see you know as a person at least for me i started I started thinking about a lot of things, and you got to figure maybe Snowden's sitting there. He's reaching his 30s. He's, what, 29 right now. Uh, he's starting to realize that, holy crap, future generations are going to have to live with the monster we're building right now, and I'm in a position where I'm seeing it. And I don't, you know, I'm below the policies, right? Because as a system administrator, I've worked in a bank, and in that bank, I had access to everything. 
everything. Bank records, man, I would be standing in the server room, and if you called in to check your balance, because back then people did it more over the phone than online, if you called in to check your balance, I saw your name, where you were calling from, the amount of money in your bank. Even if you weren't asking that stuff, all of your information came up on a monitor that was on, on the screen next to me, and at any point, I could pull up your account, anytime. Right. So, because I had root access. That's where he was at. He was a system admin with root access who's hitting his 30s and says, holy shit, holy shit. What is going on? I've got to tell people about this. He loses it. He starts, he has to do something. He has to come to grips with this. And what he says so why is it he... took him a long time to come to grips with this. So, if, what it, to do. so if it was you, why would you go to the Guardian? I mean, why, would, why wouldn't you go well, to an I, American I source? I guess according, uh, now I don't know how true this is. So he went to a representative. And that representative then went around to the different media outlets. One of the first ones they went to was the New York Times. And the New York Times said, no thanks, we don't want to be involved with this. Just like they did with WikiLeaks. No thanks. So then, so then they went to the Guardian because the Guardian is a very well trusted news source, and they went to the Washington Post. That way, they both would have it. But you know, they did try, right. um, and they also wanted to do control. According to Ed Snowden, they wanted to do controlled releases. That way, there wasn't like a bunch of revealing stuff. That did it has actually some more revealing stuff, which we're about to get to, has come out over the last couple of days. Yeah, uh, and. So, of course, you know, we continue to analyze the man. We talk about the man. We continue to talk about his motivations. And really, it's, it's preventing us from talking about... You don't about... think, though, that when, you know, he, he got this job, he knew what he was getting into, though? I always think about that. I always think about the fact that, gee, he had... Uh, but he had to have a thought it's, about what he was getting it's into. It's tough to say. You know, if you're, working for an, if you're working for a contract company, Booz Allen, I mean, they kind of only do one thing. But, you know, as a contractor myself, I had a company that I worked for for a while where they would just send me out to jobs. And I would never really know what they were going to do. And, you know, I mean, for, for, in my case, my exposure has been the medical and banking industry primarily. And I would never really know what situation I was going to, how, the level of access I would have. Uh, but if you're working for a company that's dealing with the government, though, it's kind of like saying I'm going to go to Blackwater and then I have no idea that they're doing military contracts. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to get at here. I mean, he kind of had an idea. Maybe he, he didn't know how. To. I mean, okay. So here is. So I thought about this for a long time because I worked in security. I was doing penetration testing, and I saw you the said penetration. I did. Whoa. <laughs> I, that, you know what? That deserves a uh, heyo. Penetration alert. I, uh, I I thought about I could have hyper-focused my consulting business into security and penetration testing because I saw this sort of fever pitch building around it. And I remember thinking, I could probably make a decent amount of money if I just focused in on this. I've got a couple of years of you know defending a pretty big bank. I, you know, I, I'm responsible with their firewalls and their internal network security. That's good on the resume. Now I've done several years of actual penetration testing. People are hiring me to pen, pen, pen test their networks. I thought, man, I could make some money off this. And I'm wondering maybe if Snowden was looking at the same thing going, well, if there's money to be made, the money to be made is with these guys. I mean, you know, at his peak, he's making 200000 a yeah, year. I mean, playing devil's advocate here for a minute, what if he's trying to parlay this into something bigger to the fact that, yeah, he's playing it under the guise of, I want America to know what the government's really doing here. But he, he, you know, he had to suspect that the media would spin this, and not only that, that the government would spin this in the way to discount yep. and discredit we're, him. Save that thought, because we're going to yeah. get to his. He he talks about in his recent online chat. One thing happened over on the Sunday shows. Out of all of them, I played a little clip during the intro that just blew me away. Fox News rolls out the man of authority, the man everyone can trust, Dick Cheney. Dennis McDonough just one of. Oh, oh, by, by the way, 
which is great. So I don't mean to harp on just the right here in this, too, because the left was equally going after uh, Snowden's character. Uh, Obama's chief of staff hit the Sunday uh, CBS circuit and uh, made a great case for how awful Snowden was, too. Dennis McDonough, just one of several Obama administration and former Bush administration officials taking to the Sunday airwaves talking about Edward Snowden. Dennis McDonough says he doesn't necessarily know exactly where Edward Snowden is, but that doesn't mean others within the Obama administration, others within the government, don't have some idea where Edward Snowden is. Of course, his last known location, Hong Kong, he said he was going to remain. Of course, they know where he is. It's also come out now that the NSA knew it was Snowden that had the information before he even went public. That's how hard the Q group, y'all, the Q group. Main there to challenge any effort to bring him back to the United States. There's agreement among, again, both Obama administration officials and Bush administration officials on not only the merits of the programs that Edward Snowden has re released here, the uh, importance of them to American national security, but also on the damage done to U.S. national security by Edward Snowden. How much damage did he do? fact is that time will tell but in effect by this is obama's chief of staff uh putting these things out there the way he did rather than having a kind of a the robust public debate we'd like to have uh in the manner we'd like to have it with the propaganda we'd like to be able to use <laughs> right yeah i think he's a traitor i think he has uh um committed crimes in effect by uh, violating uh, agreements uh given the position he had they just like does Dick Cheney just bring the evil microphone with him everywhere he goes because he sounds. I think he's using a PR for it's the same level of evil in every clip. He was a contractor employee, but he obviously had been granted uh, top secret clearance. Yeah, and uh, I think it's one of the worst occasions in my memory of yeah. uh, somebody with uh, access to classified information doing enormous damage to the national security interests of the United States. Yeah. Now, okay, hold on, did Dick Cheney? Did Dick Cheney just say this is the most egregious leak of national security information in his recent memory? Is that what Dick Cheney just said? I think he's... Yeah. Is that what... Did Dick Cheney... Kinda, hey, Chase, yeah, let's jump in the Wayback Machine right around the Iraq War. Vice President Dick Cheney approved and orchestrated the leak of a CIA operative's name. That, according to a federal prosecutor on day one of the CIA leak trial of Cheney's former chief of staff. Lewis Scooter Libby. During opening statements, Special Prosecutor Patrick Fitzgerald told jurors that Cheney even dictated a statement for Libby to give to a reporter, revealing oh, Valerie man. Plame as a CIA operative. Plame's oh. husband, former Ambassador Joe Wilson, was an outspoken Bush administration critic who questioned the reasons for going to war in Iraq. Libby is accused of lying to a grand jury about his involvement in the leak. Fitzgerald told jurors it was Cheney who told Libby about the CIA operative's identity, urged Libby to talk to the press, and later urged the White House to issue statements clearing Libby. Libby's attorney told jurors he was the Bush administration's chosen fall guy and that his, quote, neck was put in the meat grinder to protect Karl Rove, the president's top political advisor. Oh. Ryan Moore, NBC News, Washington. Nice. But, you know, I guess Cheney just maybe doesn't have very, a very good memory. Well, you know, he probably doesn't remember shooting some guy's face off either. And uh, it was that whole event where Bush refused to pardon Libby and only gave him a commuted sentence that ended up driving them apart. And also turned out to be the best years of the Bush administration after they were driven apart. After Cheney lost his clout, uh, the Bush administration started to get their act together a little bit. Uh, and I thought this all was really interesting because... 
I don't know if it was Dick Cheney going uh, to the Sunday talk show. I don't know why Dick Cheney. Why why are we even allowing Dick Cheney? I mean, I mean, really, Dick Cheney? Really, Dick Cheney? Fox News? Really? But anyways, I don't know if it was because of Dick Cheney that they brought out. Uh, Ed finally had to take to the web. But he went to the Guardian's website. Edward Snowden went to the Guardian's website and uh, started answering questions. Wait, and, wait, wait. He went. He, he he did a chat room. He did a chat. He did a chat. And was he, it an AMA? I was will, it on Reddit? It kind of was actually. I've got I got some of the I, I got a summarized link in the show notes of all the questions he answered. He very good questions were asked. People yeah. asked him direct questions to you know try to fill in some of the gaps. And he also responded to Cheney. Now today online, the Guardian Spencer Ackerman asked him to address that allegation. Snowden replied, "Quote: This is a predictable smear that I anticipated before going public, as the U.S. media has a knee-jerk red China reaction to anything involving Hong Kong or the People's Republic of China." and is intended to distract from the issue of U.S. government misconduct. He goes on to say, ask yourself, if I were a Chinese spy, why wouldn't I have flown directly into Beijing? I could be living in a palace petting a phoenix by now. Later in the Q&A, Ackerman asked Snowden directly whether he had secretly given classified information to the Chinese government. Snowden replies, no, I have no contact. I've had no contact with the Chinese government. Just like with The Guardian and The Washington Post, I only work with journalists. He also said that being called a traitor by Dick Cheney is, in his words, the highest honor you can give an American. <laughs> oh, burn. Yeah, it was a good chat. We'll have the summary of the chat in the show notes. Uh, and I think people people in the media have reacted like, what, what is he doing? Right. Why, why, what is he doing talking? Because normally what happens is a whistleblower like this is arrested. Right. <laughs> or, yeah, they're, they're, and then suppressed, and you never hear from them. Right, but, but he's actually... Skipping around yeah. and he's getting on and doing he's these on the chats. internet and he's talking to people directly. We got to shut it down. What is going on? Right. Speaking of talking people, talking to people directly, uh, we're we're just about to get into the best of things, and that would be all of the crazy things the NSA had to say this week. Big hearing where some of the top bosses in the intelligence agency sat down in front of a very friendly committee, uh, chaired by Mike Rogers, who is the chairman of the intelligence committee, who is. The one who has been fully apprised of everything they've been doing all along. And so, of course, he's the perfect person to lead the investigation. But, Chase. Yes, sir. Before we get to that. Yes. I want to stop and remind folks that the Unfiltered Show is listener supported. Wait. Wait. Is, that's not a Fox alert? Do you? Do you I, yes, I it is. This yes. just in in the Fox News alert room. Uh-huh. Uh, Actually, hold is, on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh. Hold on. What do you say we do at Blitzer style? All right. I'll hey, do, do you want me to bring him in? Yeah. You, hey, Wolf. Wolf, come here. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is CNN's Wolf Blitzer, and you're in the Situation Room. Breaking news here in the Situation Room. I uh, want to let everybody know that Unfilter is a listener-supported show. With the latest news, we have Chris Fisher here in the Situation Room to report. Chris. Hello, Chase. Uh, I'm here on location at the Unfiltered Show. Uh, Thanks, Wolf. Uh, I want to thank uh, everyone who supports the Unfiltered Show. It keeps us on the air. We only have to report to you, so you know that our coverage is unbiased. We're only documenting the truth every single week. Back to you. That was back to you. I'm Wolf Uh, Pierce, there's a little bit of a delay between me and Chris right now. Uh, but yes, reporting live I here. Blew it. The, I forgot about yeah, the I, I, I forgot about the satellite delay again. I'm sorry. I uh, so uh, we yes. uh, we've lowered the price recently down to five dollars, and we're looking for about uh, 333 of you to subscribe. Here's what we're trying to do: we're trying to cover the production cost of the show for one day a week. Now, the show honestly takes a lot more than that. Uh, it's just when you when there's this much going on, there's this there's that many feeds to clip from. 
It just does. But if we can cover one day, that's our goal. Also, when you become an Unfiltered supporter, you get signed up for the Unfiltered mailing list. And then on that, one week after every episode, I'll send out a behind-the-scenes mailing well, like a newsletter tells you what's going on in that episode, some extra stuff. Often it's a guide that goes, it's a complimentary guide that you know goes with funny? the show. You know what's funny? It's like, I swear, almost every other time, like I, we, we get done with the show and I'm sitting and I'm writing up the newsletter, telling people little behind the scenes things. And something strikes me that we forgot to talk about. And so I usually talk about it in that newsletter. But then you also get in that newsletter linked. Uh, the supporter show includes a lot more clips, a lot more context. I really wish we could just put out the whole show, but that's how we're trying to give value to this. So we can't put the whole thing out, but man, it makes for an even better show if, uh, if you're able to get that. Yeah. So great news, Chase. This week yes, we sir. got 97 monthly supporters now. Wait, We've we, hit 97. we are three away from triple digits. Three away. I love that. I would love it if we can hit that. So uh, I want to first thank our first monthly Bitcoin donor. Uh, I grabbed his name from the chat room last week, but I didn't put it in my notes, so I'm a, I'm, I'm a jerk. But <laughs> So that's cool. We now have a monthly Bitcoin donor. Uh, Dustin A. also came in. Valentin M. came in. Amy B., Alan B., Ben F., Ivan L., and Desmond F. all signed up as Unfiltered Supporters. Nice! You know, Love I th- it. I thought I should have done this for our year mark, I realized. But I still think I, I'm within enough range that I have a make-good opportunity. I'm only going to play a little bit of it, but I wanted to, I wanted to play because we have a lot of new folks that have tuned in with all of the PRISM stuff going on. So right. some of you may not be quite familiar with the origins and the beginning of this show. And there was one clip that I put out as a teaser to sort of seed our RSS feed before we ever went on air. And it was uh, a very good quote that sort of inspired me from all people, believe it or not, from Steve Jobs. And I wanted to go back. I've, so you long-timers you may have me. heard I this. thought you were going to say Dick Cheney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, from man. Dick Cheney. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I think probably, like, Chase, you've probably heard this. Some of our long-timers have heard this. But new, newbies might not have heard some of this is a little bit, in a way, a little bit of our mission statement. When you grow up, you tend to get told that the world is the way it is, and your your life is just to live your life inside the world, try not to bash into the walls too much, uh, uh, try to have a nice family life, uh, have fun, save a little money. Um, but life, that's a very limited life. Life can be much broader once you discover one simple fact, and that is everything around you that you call life was made up by people that we're no smarter than you, and you can change it. The minute that you understand that you can poke life and actually something will, you know, if you push in, something will pop out the other side, that you can, you can change it, you can mold it. That's maybe the most important thing, is to shake off this uh, erroneous notion that life is, is there and you're just going to live in it, versus embrace it, change it, improve it, make your mark upon it. Um, I, I think that's very important. And however you learn that, once you learn it, you'll want to change life and make it better because it's kind of messed up in a lot of ways. Once you learn that, you'll never be the same again. You know, yeah, it's time for another edition of Unfiltered. The week. Oh wait, I, I, we're not uh, doing that. I mean, listen, some of the stuff we're talking about, it's awful, it's horrible, it's yeah. heavy, and you got to wonder, you know, what can we do by just doing this podcast? But by spreading information, by spreading ideas, by communicating these things, we are poking the universe in a collective way, and. That is really what the show is about, is sort of documenting what's happening every single week, the things that are that are that we have a good eye on, that we feel are making history. This show every single week, I want in in five years, I want you to be able to come back to the show and have a living log of the really amazing things and important things that happened every single week, good or bad, that we were able to document properly. And I believe that's what this show is. This is a people's history of what's going on. Help us continue that on. Please go over to the show notes. 
click on that $5 button. It's through Amazon right now. We'll have a PayPal option later. Click on that button, $5 a month. You keep us on the air. We're trying to get to 333 of you. Maybe we'll poke the universe together. But like Linux King says in the chat room, just don't poke in the subway. Well, it depends on what you're poking. Now that we've got the poking out of the way and uh, ah. thanked our supporters, you know what that means, Chase? It's time to ask the lovely chat room. We're going to ask you a question. And if you think you know the answer, Chris is going to pull that magic lever, and you're going to guess that answer. Aren't right, you, Chase, chat are you ready? Room. Are you ready, Chase? Are you ready? Are you what's ready? That, what's okay, that question, Chase, here's Chris? our question. Chat room. Yes. What three-letter agency <laughs> oh, God. got in trouble and had to sit down and have some hearings this week? Again, I ask you, chat room. Oh, boy. What three-letter agency sat down and had to answer some tough questions. All right, go ahead week. and pull that lever. Okay, Chase! Hammy is saying, is it the NSA? Uh, well, you know what, Chase? I'll just go ahead and ring the winner's bell because I would have accepted any single three-letter agency under the government's umbrella. Really? Even the FAA? Yeah, sure. Why not? What they're, about they, the FCC? The FAA's got something going on this week. So does the everybody. everybody. What about the DOB? But I want to say the... I want to say... NSA, FBI. How about FOX? How about CNN? <laughs> I How see about- what you did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> all right. So there was uh, a quick rush together uh, hearing that happened of all of the Mucky Mucks, including uh, General Alexander, who is uh, the, the head and very, 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 very well respected within the government, head of the intelligence agencies. And they all sat down and answered some tough questions from some friends that we're reading from scripts. The hearing was supposed to reveal some previously unknown terror plots, but Lisa Desjardins reports it may have said more about how the government is circling the wagons around these secret programs right now. You should know going into this story. I just want to acknowledge the people who work at NSA every day. That the room we're in, the House Intelligence Committee, this is the NSA's home field. And from the beginning, it seemed this hearing was about defending the NSA's turf. The NSA is prohibited from listening to phone calls or reading emails of Americans without a court order. Period. End of story. That is a lawmaker, top committee Democrat Dutch Ruppersberger. Normally, members of Congress take up the lion's share of time, but here, instead, a table of top officials from the FBI, Justice Department, and the NSA, they did most of the talking. You're probably going to hear this about a hundred times today. We don't get any content under this. We don't listen in on anybody's calls. Deputy Attorney General James Cole insisted the data gathering programs are limited. He said no one can listen to calls within the United States and all data is court approved, carefully handled. It is stored in repositories at NSA that can only be accessed by a limited number of people. And the people who are allowed to access it have to have special and rigorous training. Okay, then came the big news of the hearing. The FBI revealed four terror plots that it says were thwarted by either the phone program or the Internet sweep, referred to as 702. So 702 is the uh, government-friendly term for PRISM, which is... uh, it is a clause within a law that I gave them the authorization to snoop on us. Now, she's going to run through some of the terror plots that were prevented. We'll come back to those and analyze them in a little bit further detail. In the okay. fall of 2009, NSA, using 702 authority, intercepted an email from a terrorist located in Pakistan. That individual was talking with the individual located inside the United States, talking about perfecting 
a recipe for explosives. That case was the plot to bomb the New York subway, and the man in America, Najibullah Zazi, was arrested. Another example. Same program, the Internet Sweep. This time, the NSA was watching an extremist in Yemen. We're able to detect a nascent plotting to bomb the New York Stock Exchange. We got fewer specifics on the... We actually covered that one on the show uh, a while back. Two other examples, but quickly, in one, the NSA said it was already watching someone and then found out, thanks to surveillance, they were plotting to bomb a newspaper. Then the final one, a man in America, who the NSA says was giving money to extremists in Somalia. In all, panelists said the programs have thwarted terror activities 50 times. Of those 50, officials said that 10 involved threats to the U.S. itself. Critics, of course, remain highly skeptical, pointing out that these cases involved other intelligence as well. And it's hard to say if officers might have solved them otherwise. But looming large at the hearing, there was something else. Perhaps the greatest intelligence failure in recent memory. Event- oh, oh, boy. Here it comes. So, little salt in the wound. So September 11, <sighs> 2001 occurred in part. What I can tell failure. you is post 9-11, I don't I recall after September 11th. The intelligence community's failure to detect 9-11 in the 12 years since the attacks on September 11th. That's NSA Chief Keith Alexander, and what he said right there stood out to me as basically the key argument for the NSA. In the 12 years since the attacks on September 11th, we have lived in relative safety and security as a nation. That security is a direct result of the intelligence community's quiet efforts to better connect the dots. Americans may differ on the power granted to these agencies. The agencies insist they're careful. It is a question of what you think is best. But sitting on their home field today, the nation's intelligence agencies said Americans should trust them. Just Mr. Desjardins, CNN. Uh, I don't know why you don't trust him, Chase. What's this rap music? You like that? Uh, CNN radio, man. I went a little yeah. different this time. That's right. That's right. I thought I liked, I liked their voice. There was a little fun there. Just looking. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, so you are right, get your bacon fryer ready. Oh, are we, we're frying more bacon. Well, I want you to here in a second. Okay. Uh, so you'll hear in this clip. This is from C-SPAN directly. Okay. There was a hot mic. Hot mic left open. Oh, now intentional or unintentional? No, Jenner Alexander, as he's standing up. Uh huh. A little snafu is caught on mic. Okay. Now you'll literally, as the clip begins, you'll hear the gavel come down, and okay. then you'll hear you'll hear him leaning over. To Joyce, uh, uh, the F- the second in command of the FBI. Okay. Okay. All right. And this is who the head of all of our intelligence agencies is talking to is the second in command of the FBI. Okay. Listen closely. All right. You're g- it is going to be hard to hear. I am. Thank you. Thanks, John. Tell the boss. Good to see you. Hey, boss. I owe another freaking beer. Him. 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 I'm, I'm giving it to me. All right. Give it to you. All right. What did you hear? All I heard was sounds good to me. Here's what it's, here's what he says. Okay. He says, "Good job. Tell your boss I owe him another frickin' beer. Good job." And then Joyce responds, "Give it to me." And then and then Alexander says, "Give it to you." And Joyce says, "Yeah, yeah. Give it to me." Listen. Thank you. Thanks, John. Tell the boss. Good to see you. You hear it? Tell your boss I owe him another freaking beer. This is the head of all of his boss. This yeah. guy's the boss yeah. saying, hey, the guy below me, I owe him another freaking beer. I owe him another freaking beer. Him. 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 I'm, I'm giving it to me. Give it to me. And listen to him say, yeah, yeah. All right. Give it to you. All right. All right. 
You hear it? Oh my gosh. What do you suppose that means? So I'm just, I mean, if we're just going to fry a little conspiracy bacon, Jay. All right, uh, this bacon coming to us from the beautiful Yukon territories up there in, uh, in Canada. Just some gorgeous bacon country. <laughs> uh, there's something going on. I, yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard for me to put a specific statement on to it. To me, it sounds like somebody owes somebody a favor again. This is guy this, code. This is, this is I owe, ultimate hey, transparency. Chase, man, thanks for picking up my daughter. I owe you a beer. But it's okay. like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it's like that kind of thing. Yeah. So I. What, what would he owe him here? Don't know. Right. Isn't that weird? Isn't That's, that? Hey, man, we're going to keep. I think I think we're going to keep this thing going. I think I think we did a good job. They're not going to shut us down. I owe you a beer. Thanks, man. Thanks for keeping me employed. I don't know what that's about, uh, but, uh, you know, <laughs> did I, I want to play this clip. Uh, just listen. So uh, they're covering the the hearing, and Fox News, it still has to spin it in against Edward Snowden. Listen to this. Um, so an online chat by Ed Snowden. I mean, you wonder where the guy's going to pop up next, but he's trying to shift the blame to the president. How is he making that argument? Ed Snowden, he's trying to shift the blame. He's trying to shift the blame. The bl- he's yeah. trying to shift the blame, Jace. He's trying to shift the blame. Uh, he's trying to say that since President Obama as a candidate in 2008 first talked about transparency, right. talked about changing yeah. a lot of the Bush-Cheney programs, but instead he's expanded some of these surveillance programs. Said in an online chat yesterday, Edward Snowden, quote, Obama's campaign promises and election gave me faith that he would lead us toward fixing the problems he outlined in his quest for votes. Unfortunately, shortly after assuming power, he closed the door on investigating systemic violations of law deepened and expanded several abusive programs certainly inside the white house they would deny the way he is framing all of that and do not believe that it's the president's fault that all of this got leaked it's not the president's fault but the other thing that's going on of course bill is that there's a lot of people nervous in the white house here that edward snowden may have some more sensitive documents yeah, and could be, be leaking them out there in the days ahead bill uh, next he's gonna have a google hangout <laughs> now listen to these guys listen to this uh, unreal ed thank you ed people wondering why he hasn't been caught yet yeah, ended with, fair question fair question thank you ed. talk to you yeah. later this yeah, why hasn't he caught fair question chase now Please tell us now listen to fox news's coverage of the hearing now remember in that cnn radio piece we covered they said there were they stopped 50 terrorist attacks 10 of which were in the u.s now listen to how fox covers it Good evening. I'm Shannon Bream in for Brett Baer. The Obama administration's defense of NSA surveillance went unusually public today on Capitol Hill. The man in charge of electronic spying says more than 50 terror plots have been stopped. Chief Intelligence Correspondent Catherine Harridge has specifics tonight. Working with our allies. Reading from a prepared statement, the National Security Agency Director General Keith Alexander made a robust case that the sweeping data collection is justified. These programs, together with other intelligence, have protected the U.S. and our allies from terrorist threats across the globe. By the way, that particular statement, I watched all three hours of this hearing, was handed to him by the lawyer sitting behind him. A handwritten note is handed to him. He, then he just reads them. He's just reading notes passed to him. To include helping prevent the terrorist, the, the potential terrorist events over 50 times since 9-11. On content, whether it's email... All right, so Fox cuts it right there, right? Okay. Now listen to his full quote. Uh, some statistics that we're putting together. Um, as we stated, these programs are immensely valuable for protecting our nation and securing the security of our allies. In recent years, the information gathered from these programs provided the U.S. government with critical leads to help prevent over 50 potential terrorist events 
in more than 20 countries around the world. FAA 702 contributed in over 90% of these cases. At least 10 of these events included homeland-based threats. Ah. And the vast majority, business records, FISA reporting, contributed as well. So the part where Fox cut is where he says only 10 of which were actually in the U.S. And of, of, of those, also reporting from business records and other methods also yeah. contributed as well. Fox cut that part. CBS is uh, fairly bad at it, too. General Keith Alexander testified the data collection programs played a direct role in disrupting more than 50 potential attacks since 9-11. I would much rather be here today debating this point than trying to explain how we failed to prevent another 9-11. Alexander said at least 10 of the thwarted plots involved homeland-based threats. Two of those were publicly revealed for the first time. So the only ones we got any details on were two. So they say there's been 10. They've only given us details on two. By FBI Deputy Director Sean Joyce. NSA intercepts helped the FBI arrest a San Diego man for planning to send money to a terror group based in Somalia. All right. So did you cover, did you understand what they just said there? Yep. A U.S.-based man was caught using 702 authorizations because he was dealing with people in Somalia. And surveillance of a terrorist in Yemen led to a Kansas City, Missouri man. So they monitored somebody in Yemen and then and arrested somebody in Missouri. Who was plotting an attack on New York's financial center. Now we covered that story. And here's the great part. Uh, actually, I you know what? I'll reveal it in a clip later. But they're, let me, suffice to say, the cases that, that, that they're citing have already been debunked as this 702 authorization was not critical in stopping them. We were able to disrupt the plot. We were able to lure some individuals to the United States, and we were able to affect their arrest. U.S. officials had previously revealed two other potential threats uncovered by the data programs. NSA tracking of terrorist communications led to the arrest of a Colorado man, Najibullah Zazi, for plotting to bomb New York subways. I know you have plenty of evidence against me. Similar intelligence nabbed Chicagoan David Headley, who was connected to the 2008 Mumbai attacks and a plan to bomb a newspaper office in Denmark. But critics argue the U.S. government can stop terrorists using less invasive programs. You're saying more narrowly targeted intelligence efforts can thwart these attacks without this vast sweep. Absolutely. Bill Binney, a former NSA codebreaker turned whistleblower, believes the American people are being misled. First of all, they don't understand they're being bamboozled into thinking that you have to do this to find uh, bad guys. That's false. Okay. It was a very simple principles that you could use to figure out who is the bad guy in the world and who isn't, and you, without violating anybody's privacy. And you know how we know uh, that's true is because that's how it's worked for 200 years. I can't say 220 years, but I can say 200 years at least. That's essentially how it's worked. You've been able to do good old school classic detective work. Yeah. You didn't have to have a dragnet on everybody. And what's crazy is this isn't conspiracy, Chase. You and I have gotten a lot of emails. People told us uh, we've been accused of going fully Alex Jones on this, which is ridiculous, uh, because if you don't believe it, here's Barry. He confirms it himself. One last point I want to make, because what you'll hear is people say, okay, we have no evidence that it has been abused so far. Patrice. And they say, let's even grant that it'll uh, Obama's not abusing it. There are all these processes. DOJ is examining it. It's being audited. It's being renewed periodically. The DOJ. Like, we have any faith in, in the DOJ at this point. Jeez. Et cetera. The very fact that there's all this data in bulk, it 
has the enormous potential for abuse because they'll say, you know, you can, when you start looking at metadata, even if you don't know the yeah. names, you can match it up. If, if there's a call to an oncologist and you, it's a call to a lawyer and you can pair that up and figure out maybe this person's uh, dying and they're writing their will and you can yield all this information. All of that is true, except for the fact that for the government under the program right now to do that, it would be illegal. Oh, 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 oh. So the president of the United States says all of these things are true and they're all things we should be worried about, except, and he actually qualifies it with a, at least for right now, they're illegal. He actually qualified it with a, at least for now, they're illegal. Well, <laughs> it is unbelievable. That's a Picard facepalm right there. That's... It is. We are living in an unbelievable universe right now. Uh, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm blown away by it. And by the way, uh, we've we've talked a lot about the whistleblowers that have come out in the past before Snowden who've called out a lot of this stuff, who have now collaborated a lot of what Snowden has said. Uh, they're saying a lot of the stuff that the guy said in the testimonies, a lot of the stuff Obama's saying is bummed. For some help in parsing the president's words, we are now turning to two former government whistleblowers and NSA employees. Thomas Drake provided information to the Baltimore Sun about gross waste and fraud at the NSA. He was prosecuted under the Espionage Act, but later accepted a misdemeanor plea for unauthorized use of a government computer. And William Binney worked at the NSA for almost 40 years. He retired in 2001 after his criticism of an NSA program. He has, over the years, disclosed surveillance programs used by the government. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. First of all, is there anything that the president just said in the interview or that you heard in the interview overnight by, um, that he gave to PBS that you take issue with? Bill, I'll start with you. Hey, virtually everything, yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, with... Uh, Mark Klein's disclosure of the Naris devices on the fiber optic lines carrying the, the uh, Internet, that gave them the capability uh, to collect all of the data on the Internet. And we went into more detail last week's episode, episode 54, if you haven't caught that. Uh, essentially, the way that the PRISM program works is it's actually using a light PRISM to take uh, the light signal from the fiber optic cable and then capture it. Then pass it to NSA for storage. That's in the NSA room in San Francisco. So all of everybody's emails are already are in the NSA room in San Francisco. Uh, or passed to places like similar to Utah. They maybe went to San Antonio or other storage facilities. So everybody's emails right. are being collected, even if they're not necessarily being read. Uh, well, uh, uh, Director uh, Mueller of the FBI uh, said that in, in his testimony to the Senate Judiciary Committee on the 30th of March of 2011, he said, uh, I've gotten together with the DOD and we put together this technology database where I can go in and with one query I can get all past and all future emails on a person. That was in response to how would you prevent a future Fort Hood. That was one of his answers. Well that says he's looking at US citizen email, past and future as they, as they come in. Thomas? That goes beyond just metadata. Metadata really is indexing for digital life. Metadata, just to translate, it's, it's this phone call was placed from this phone number to this phone number for this period of time. But you're saying it's, it's more than that. It's more than that because in the digital world, metadata is really an index of the content. Content itself is carried by the metadata. So it's very easy to be able to go to the content whenever you feel like it. Hey, Chris. And so although... Do you think the goal here is to make things so complicated and to make things so blurry and confusing to the normal, dare I say, normal, basic American person out there that it will just get so full of noise that no one will care? Maybe. Uh, so, uh, I think... I mean, it makes you wonder. I think there's a lot of double talk going on. There's a lot of... They're changing definitions of what things mean. Uh, in fact, this next clip is... 
Don't you mean the definition of what is is? Yeah, right, exactly. This next clip is very clear, very, very, it's actually true, false questions. Oh, well, I so like not that. everyone is satisfied with today's testimonies. One of those people is former NSA whistleblower Thomas Drake, and he joins me now. So, Thomas, tell me, what did you get out of out of the hearings from today? What did you learn? Well, I think they're definitely... So this Thomas Drake, is an, he was also a former NSA employee who has really got the crackdown. Uh, the, he was one of the first guys where they went after on state secrets. They uh, publicly said that uh, the blood of soldiers, uh, the, the blood of soldiers was on his hands for his leaks. ...to protect... What they've been doing is secret for so long, and they're also anticipating the release of additional shoes dropping with respect to what Edward Snowden may or may not have in his possession that's already been disclosed to uh, other journalists and reporters. And so by going out uh, on stage in public, uh, they're now essentially doing the kabuki dance as to why all this is, is justified. The fact that they're actually invoking the um, the storyline that upwards of 50 events or 50 terror plots, I guess it depends on how you define event or plot, were in some way thwarted or stopped. I would challenge that statement. I would actually ask how many of those events, how many of those plots were stopped, disrupted, or prevented solely on the basis of the secret surveillance programs and not by other means, including standard law enforcement practices. Now, the 50 terror plots that were foiled were not the only one things that we discovered today. We also discovered a number of other things. I thought it would be fun to play a quick true and false game with you to kind of uh, go through what oh, you believed um, actually fun. came out of this hearing. So, true or false, the NSA only uses Section 215 of the Patriot Act to obtain phone records. False. False. Uh, phone records obtained by the NSA under Section 215 are destroyed after five years. False. Okay. Only 22 people at the NSA can authorize uh, queries um, on phone record databases. False. Okay. And you already said false to the uh, 50 terror plots that were foiled. And what about the fact that FISA courts are an effective check and balance system for these uh, these programs? Even more false. Oh, Even more false. yeah. This great part is the Obama administration is really trying to spin the FISA court as transparent, as we've discussed before. The FISA yeah. court judges are appointed directly by the DOJ, probably Eric Holder himself, who is a buddy of Obama. And uh, they are uh, not – they're not the, – the transparency is is – is it's like I don't know what his definition of transparency is, but it's not my definition of transparency. Transparency, I think the the uh, dictionary definition is you can see through it. Huh. Correct. I believe I that is the definition. Not you according can, to Obama. You can look through it. Not according to Obama. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was great, though. She just gets down to the true false aspect of it. So I'm not so sure. But that's I, a little confusing, though, Chris. True false. What about yes no? <laughs> okay. I'm, Those I'm, are fewer letters. I'm I'm walking back on my suspicious. I mean, I'm still suspicious. He's in China. That's still odd. Um, and the timing of it's all very very he had odd. Frequent flyer miles, and that's really only place he can get on a plane. I'm I'm I honestly I'm honestly wondering if he's not a Chinese spy. I honestly starting to think I, I I don't I don't know if I buy that, but maybe he will become one. But I don't know if he is one. Uh, but the one thing that is absolutely for sure, absolutely for sure, for yeah. certain, yeah, yeah, this will likely have some impact on the United States relationship with China. Beijing has demanded that Washington explain its surveillance program and cyber spying to the international community. Right, let's discuss this further with James Cobbett, editor of an independent news website, The Cobbett Report. He joins us live from Japan. Report. Now, James, do you expect uh, further fallout from the surveillance exposure in terms of U.S.-China relations? Yes. 
Uh, there will definitely be further fallout in terms of the relations. I don't think this comes as a surprise to anybody in the audience, let alone the Chinese government or intelligence services, especially given the fact that uh, it was admitted earlier this year that the general in charge of the NSA, who also happens to be a U.S. Army general in charge of Cyber Command, is, head- is ready to deploy 40 uh, cyber battalions in U.S. Cybercom <laughs> by 2015, Jeez. 13 of which are going to be specifically for preemptive cyber attacks. So is it any surprise that the NSA is actively uh, targeting and conducting cyber operations against U.S. enemies in cyberspace. Of course, this is no surprise to anyone, but now that this has been put on the table and made quite explicit, I think there's going to have to be some sort of reaction from Beijing, and this is going to complicate already complicated uh, relations between the two, especially as this was just the topic of the first uh, uh, meeting between President Obama and President Jinping since uh, Jinping took office. That is an interesting element of all of this, too, is Jinping just recently took office and now all of this is being put on his plate and sort of forcing that he deal with the United States situation. They're in California just earlier this month. Absolutely, especially since Washington has always denied that they weren't doing that. Now, some in the U.S. call Snowden a traitor. Uh, he's uh, going to Hong Kong and exposing cyber attacks on uh, China, partly, you know, sparking that accusation. But uh, Snowden himself called uh, the, this a smear campaign. Uh, what's your take on that? Well, there's no doubt that there's people like uh, former Vice President Dick Cheney uh, going around and, and using that term uh, spy for, for China and, and other such things to try to muddy the waters and to complicate the issue from and distract people from what the real issues are, which are, of course, the levels of surveillance that are going on right now, basically unchecked and, and unwarranted uh, behind the scenes by the National Security Agency, which is the real heart of this issue. So I think uh, uh, discussions of Snowden and uh, his, his status, etc., are, are basically distractions from that, but it is interesting to note that he did go to Hong Kong, of all places, in order to uh, to blow the whistle. And he uh, says that this is because, for example, if he had gone directly to Iceland, where he would be more likely to get asylum, he would also have been more likely to have been intercepted uh, on his way there. So Hong Kong was a it was a nice stepping stone for him to, to stop at. Take that for what it's worth, but it's interesting that now he's coming out with these revelations about uh, U.S. spying specifically. Wait for this, because I actually had not heard this until Snowden leaked this, and I actually think this is something that wasn't necessarily public that Snowden did leak while in China, and it is actually something that's going to get him in a lot of trouble. Yep. Listen to what they're about to say. I had no idea this was happening. On China, and specifically on uh, non-military uh, personal computers on the Chinese mainland, which, again, is another uh, escalation in what uh, what has been revealed so far about NSA spying. So in part of his revelations, that of, just, of his most recent revelations that came out over the weekend, were that uh, the United States government is actively hacking Chinese citizens, not military computers, but Chinese citizen computers on the mainland. <laughs> wow. Didn't know we were doing that. I didn't know either. But, you know, cyber terror, cyber terror. You know, we got to be careful. Uh, I, I thought uh, that was a pretty good piece that wrapped up my thoughts on um, the state of Edward Snowden, how it doesn't really matter what his motivations are because the data is true. And I think we'll, we'll discover more about his motivations later. I think we still don't know if he's going to be extradited. It's interesting that lawmakers now, are in Beijing are saying, hey, don't extradite him. Hey, Obama, drop the whole thing. Now there's one last thing before we move on from this okay. topic that okay. I, I know you didn't put in the rundown, so you don't have it here. And hopefully I can pull it up. What do you quickly. got? What do you got? Uh, but rem- uh, earlier this past week, yeah. you uh, posted on Google Plus that the uh, the search the trend NSA trends, trends, yeah, yeah, um, search trends. and you were saying that you were uh, trying to counteract my thoughts that maybe people were starting to care. I more. was ha- I was having an op- opti- I was having a moment you were being of optimism. Opti- optimistic. Yeah. I don't believe that's that. faded though. Because the thing that I'm I'm worried about. 
Uh, here, here, I'm uh, I'm finding it now. After watching all of the coverage over the weekend and yeah. the way the the way this whole conversation has been so, shaped, yeah, here it is. I'm I don't actually think it's going to happen. The media, you know, it just blows me away. Here you go, real information has been leaked to the media. You'd think they'd be eating it up and celebrating it and making the story of their careers out of this. Yeah, and they're not. No, and and, and it's I don't want to feed into that conspiracy world here you do no i don't i really don't i want to work factual I, I that's how i usually operate and when i start going down that conspiracy path then i make myself go mental and i don't yeah. want to go there you get a whole what ifs what yeah if, what you ifs. get what ifs i mean like i i go down that path uh, to why i don't have a job right now um well maybe it's because this or maybe yeah. it's because oh you that. drive yourself crazy you drive yourself crazy but you know, you posted a graph here about the the search interest for the term NSA right. worldwide right. since this event. Right. And you're saying, hey, Chase, maybe it's going to be different this time. Maybe people – and I'm just like, no, people are just wanting to know yeah. what's going on. And then in two weeks – now, this is a Red Book prediction. In two weeks – All right. Let me – hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You're going too fast. i got to get the Red Book. Actually, out. I'm going to take uh, – I'm going to – me. I think two weeks that. is good. No, because no, – I'm going to say three weeks. I'm three gonna, weeks? No, I say go with two, two man. Weeks. Right. Be bold. So, so right now, according to this chart, and we need to note this by the date. Five. So All today right. is what? The 16th? What's today's date? June 19th. 19th. So in two weeks from today, that will put us at almost the end of the month. Uh, so what? August 1st. We'll say August 1st or Ju- July 1st. So by July 1st. Right, July 1st. July 1st, uh, we will be back down. To where? Or pretty low. Low? To, to uh, I would say, right now this is 100 uh, interest. I would say back down to 40%. So this is the chart here. The top of that line is 100. So it's going to go drop down to 40. So it, yeah. it would still be up a It'll, little yeah, high. You're right. You know what it is. But it won't be as I, high. The reason why I agree with you, I'm putting it in the book. Sad. I'm, the reason why I agree with you is because uh, I think every time something big like this happens, well, there's a there's a sh- there's a social media short attention span, and I think that's what we're going to have here, where uh, there, it's going to get crowded with noise. It's going to get crowded with uh, hyperbole and just long technical explanations. People are just going to be like, "I want to know what's going on with the Kardashian baby." Well, that's and, what's going to happen. And once they get him, which they will get him, they have to get him because once they get him, it becomes the trial of the century, and that's what they'll talk about. Yep. So that's why they have to get and him. They're going to come up with a with a really witty catch face. Uh, they're going to. Yeah. It's going to be pl- uh, publicized. It's going to be Hollywoodized. It, yeah, it's going to be sad. And then what's going to happen is people are just going to go back to their daily lives and not care. And we will just proceed with the most pervasive surveillance network that is just getting started, really. Yeah. And we will then just go forward as a society under massive, constant surveillance. And by the way, at the cost. We're, that's, that's the best part about this. I mean, if I could pick out my favorite thing, it would be that I'm actually also paying for this. That would probably be my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, just not you. Everybody's paying for right, this. Right, right. But, you I know, mean, meanwhile, school sucks. Medical programs suck. Everything sucks. Bridges are falling down. Everything sucks. Oh, and not only that, you guys, if you're a CenturyLink customer, you're, you're adding, they're adding on fees for non-telecom fees. Right. There's all these little things that are happening under and then, your noses. And then I also get to realize. do business with these companies that get to make money off all of this. It's, it's, it's disgusting. And, Chris, and I'm starting Chris, to remember, feel, you're NSA on FBI. Right. I'm starting to feel... Like everybody from top to bottom is in on it. The people asking the questions, the people answering the questions. I'm starting to feel Chris, like the Chris, whole damn thing is Chris, rigged. Chris, count to ten. Mm-hmm. Take a deep breath. Look up to the sky, and you will see nothing but beautiful 
blue skies and some clouds. And some clouds. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm wait, gonna, wait. What's that in the horizon? I'm gonna take a walk while the judge sorts things out for All us. Right. While the I said while the chat room. Actually, senior judicial analyst Judge Andrew Napolitano says the current head of the NSA, General Keith Alexander, lied to Congress during yesterday's intelligence hearing about whether the agency can listen to our phone calls and read our emails. Now, hang on. You're about to get three questions and three answers. I want you to listen specifically and carefully to question number two and answer number two. And then listen to the rest of it, then we'll talk about it. Here we go. General Alexander, are, is the NSA on private companies' servers as defined under these two programs? We are not. Is, uh, is the NSA have the ability to listen to Americans' phone calls or read their emails under these two programs? No, we do not have that authority. Does mm. the technology exist at the NSA to flip a switch by some analyst to listen to Americans' phone calls or read their emails? No. Okay, hold on, hold on. Before he goes into something, his answer was, we do not have that authority. You caught it. You caught it. That wasn't, he wasn't answering the question, was he? No, he was just saying right. that we don't have the authority. Right. And also, according to NSA whistleblowers, they very much do have the ability to flip a technology switch to start tracking somebody. That's how the freaking system works. If they couldn't do that, they couldn't track so why, anybody. So why don't the politicians call him out on that answer? Because he's being asked by Mike Rogers, the hair, the hair, the chair, <laughs> the he actually has quite the hair too, yeah. the chair of the Intelligence Committee, who has been one of the gang of eight who has been apprised of this entire situation all along. So he's been in on it from day one. So oh. the guy asking the questions, and by the way, this guy, Mike Rogers, just passed up a promotion so that way he can remain as chair of the Intelligence Committee because he's walking around with a treasure trove of illegal secrets and they cannot replace him. It's the same reason Bernerke, Bernerke, Bernanke is still in his spot. <laughs> it's the same reason Holder is still in his spot. It's the same reason Moeller is still in his spot. All these guys have got secrets and they won't share them and they're they're when these guys give them these BS answers like we do not have the authority instead of we do not have the ability because he should have said we do not have the ability but instead he said we do not have the authority because it is a because policy they are thing. doing it because they are doing it. it is a policy thing that prevents them from it it is not a technology thing that prevents them from Chris, doing it I read your emails but I don't have the authority to share them right all right do you hear that second question does it have the ability to listen to our phone calls or read our emails he said no we do not have that authority ability is one thing authority is another did you get that there's more too. judge andrew napolitano is here our senior judicial judge. analyst do you sir have the ability is to listen to or read our twitter our, listen to our phone calls or read our uh he does have a kind of a funny off it's not like it's, i wish it was at the judge no, I'll find it for no. We do not have that authority. In, in my courtroom or in any courtroom in the United States of America, the response would be, General, answer the question. Answer the question that was asked of you, which is not what he did. Now, I don't know what's in his head, so I don't know if it's a lie, but it's a material misleading. It's giving the impression that they don't have the ability, because he starts out by saying no, that they don't have the ability to read emails and listen to phone calls. He modifies that by saying we don't have the authority to. We know they don't have the authority to. We know the statute doesn't give them the Duh. authority. That's not our concern. Our concern is that they have grabbed these phone calls and grabbed these emails and have the temptation to listen to them and read them, whether they have the authority to or not. Or that they're there for some other person person who may be in some position of authority or some other person who might get a hold of this stuff 
would that person have the authority? It wouldn't really matter, would it? And now listen, I think I think Shep is genuinely really upset. He goes off script. And I'm going to play it through. Do you think the producer's yelling through his ears right now? Like, hey, get back on script. I don't get know, back. You know. What are you doing? Shep seems to often. I mean, get this, back to Studio B. We've played a lot of clips from Shep. He does this a lot in, in that Studio B. Wait, remember, this is Fox News, he starts, people. He, started to lose, he starts to lose his cool, though. Listen to him. Like, he starts to just kind of. The third part of that, of that question and answer was, can you basically flip a switch and listen in or read in? Maybe there's no switch, but there ain't no doubt they can do that. There's, there's zero, zero, fuck. none. Not a little fraction of a percentage. <laughs> Shep, there's Shep. no doubt. Come zero, 100% down. they can do it. 100%. Fox News has uh, been in contact Fox with former learned. NSA agents and staffers who have pushed back aggressively on the general's answer to that last question and have argued without giving specifics that they have the ability to listen to phone calls without going to the facility where the phone calls are stored. Yep. Here's the thing, Judge. As a reporter, what you try to do is ask questions of all the people involved with the suspect subject on which you're reporting. And as a reporter, when you ask one question of one person and then they answer another question, and then you ask a question like the flip switch, and then there's a fib about it, and then you ask somebody else, and then someone else in charge, like maybe the top person in charge of everything, says this is transparent, when it's not transparent, there are checks and balances, but it is by definition not transparent. And you just get all of these untrue things along the way. Then you start to wonder, what's going on here? Well, you know, in, in, a, in a courtroom, the people asking the questions are generally professional cross-examiners. Well, Mike Rogers ought to be a professional a asker. He, he, he ought to be. He's a former <laughs> FBI agent, and he probably knows the answers to these questions before he's asking them. He has a duty to follow up on the, on the question, it, it, whether he likes the answer to the question or not. He's How could you listening. ask someone a question like, do you have the ability to? That's what he wants to know. Do you have the ability? No, we do not have that authority. Sir, that's not what I asked you. Do you have the ability? The answer to that question is yes. Yes. What, Did, what, why is, is everybody involved with this? I'm not a crazy conspiracy theorist. I've never have been. I'm a journalist. But these things add up. Seven and seven does not make 400. Well, that's why it doesn't necessarily take a professional cross-examiner to ask these questions. A journalist knows. A person that understands the English language and can hear ordinary plain words knows that ability and authority are two different things. We are talking about a popularly elected government in a free society spying on more than half the people in the country. And the chief spy is being asked a question under oath. He has a duty and a moral obligation to be crystal clear and not to mislead and to answer the questions put to him. They want transparency and there should be a debate. Transparency means questions asked and questions answered by the employer, that's us and our representatives, and the employee, that's you, the one being paid to do this stuff for us. And instead, you get half-truths, obfuscations, and something called transparency being called the exact same thing as checks and balances. Those are different things. All the checkers and all the balancers seem to be in cahoots with a lack of transparency and truthfulness. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the clear, distinct impression is left that the testifier wants to leave, and that is at odds with the history and the truth. Thank you, Judge. And so then Shep's done with him. I got to say, first off, and, you know, I don't have cable anymore. Uh, I, I haven't had cable for almost two years. 
And, you know, we've all categorized Fox as right side leaning, and then we've also categorized MSNBC as left side leaning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What I heard from Shep there, I, I, I give him a round of applause. Makes for a lot it. of sense to me. And you know what? That doesn't sound right leaning. That doesn't sound left leaning. Exactly. That sounds like what it should be. I agree. And you know and what's funny? That is awesome. He goes, to, he, go, he goes to move on. Like he's done. Like he's moving on to the next thing. And he can't, like he's Cause upset. Because he's, he's pissed off. He comes back to it. You're welcome. President Obama again defended those surveillance programs today, saying lives have been saved. You know what, Judge? They said that they foiled a plot <laughs> to bomb the stock exchange. First of all, that plot was in the very early talking stages. And then, the, and then they said, well, you, what, did it actually stop it? He said, well, you'll just have to ask the jury who can. This was, by the way, I, 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 my jaw dropped. So during this moment, they're giving all the different terror plots, which totally don't hold up, that they've, that they've stopped. And one of them said, well, so, you know, was he a bad guy? Was he going to do this? And, and their answer was, oh, just ask the jury. Well, the jury convicted him. Well, there's a little catch to that. Convicted them. Do you know the plot to bomb the stock exchange was not even part of the final of the final document that they went to prison for it wasn't even part of the charging document. Wow. Wasn't included. That that's the they problem. They left that out. That's the that problem. Little, that little with, detail. That's the problem with letting this agency decide what it's going to reveal and what it's going to keep secret. Of course it's going to reveal that which makes it look good. Of course. And of course it's going to keep secret that which doesn't make it look good. Open and it we up. have no way to to check and balance yeah. it because there is no transparency. Yeah. There you go, Chase. There you go. Wow. I, I thought they did a pretty good job, and I kind of agree with old Rand Paul. I think we should just catch terrorists the old-fashioned way. I think there's a, a large degree of credibility gap in the intelligence committee since they came to Capitol Hill and lied to us and said they weren't collecting any data on Americans when it turns out they're collecting data on a billion phone calls from Americans every day. So there really is a credibility gap when they tell us these things. What I think is that you can catch terrorists the old-fashioned way, good police work and obey the Bill of Rights, ask a judge for a warrant, follow the trail from one suspect to the other, but there's no reason why a billion phone calls of Americans you know need to be looked at every day. Because people are getting lazy. Yeah, you're right. And, 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 and they thinking, just want to collect it all, vacuum it all up. Well, you know, hey, if I got all this what technology, if we need it? what if you we know, need it? You know what? Might as well use this technology and I'm just going to save everything. And, you know, something else that Rand Paul pointed out, too, is uh, that uh, these guys, in the cases where they did use this system, the way they did it is by by singling out individuals and then honing in on them through the system. So you didn't even need to have the massive collection in place because they still, at the end of it, have to single in on a certain individual. Uh, and I think, you know, this whole propaganda that, well, there's checks and balances in place, although we can't really tell you about them. And, oh, this this whole thing is transparent, except for the fact that you didn't know about it. It's transparent, but we weren't telling doop, you. Doop, doop. So uh, in the meanwhile, speaking of transparency, of course, I'm sure if the FBI were going to use drones in the homeland, we'd hear... Whoa! Watch your head! Whoa, whoa. Uh, actually, uh, head of the FBI was sitting down, and uh, my best friend, Diane Feinstein, asked him a great question. What are the privacy strictures on the use strictures. of drones strictures. by your agency today? It's very seldom used and generally used in a, a particular uh, incident where you need uh, uh, the capability. Uh, uh, I will have to go back and check in terms of <clears throat> what we keep in terms of the, the images and the like. I, but it is very narrowly focused on particularized cases and particularized needs and particularized cases. And that is the principal privacy uh, uh, limitations we have. Uh, according to uh, Nicaro, the uh, stricture is a word. So, by the way, did you like, did you catch what he said there at the end? 
Uh, they got they got they got specialized uh, restrictions for the restrictions of the specialized concerns in regards to uh, in respect to. He a was privacy. talking in a circle. Yeah, he was totally talking in a circle. But so there it is. The FBI is using drones, and they started using the drones before they actually have a privacy policy with strict guidelines to say what they can and can't do with them in place. Good news, everybody. Good news, everybody. We'll play a little more information about that in the pre-show. But Chase, before we get out of here, today, yes, got a couple of bits of feedback I wanted to cover. What do you say? You want to start with that first one from the subreddit? This uh, subreddit uh, submission came in from Z Spaceman. And I love how this is formatted. This looks great. And uh, we'll have a link in our show notes if you want to check this out. Uh, but this is titled, With All These Great Things Going On, What's a Person to Do? And I think this is one of those things that I presented to everybody last week. And he says the following. With everything that has gone down lately, NSA, drone strikes, CISPA, SOPA, Syria, and the list goes on, I have tried to take reasonable action to change the world for the better. I think it might be useful to put up a thread on the experiences on this subject. Obviously, making an informed vote is the first thing to try. But here has been what I have experienced after the voting is done. So, for a little background, he lives in the rural part of the American Midwest. This is what he's tried and the results of those. First off, he did try sending a representative an email. He got an automated reply and a never-ending stream of spam about how they are blank, insert stance on that trivial issue here. And then the reps voted against him on those issues. Yeah. Next thing. He sent in physical mail. He got a canned response, and, of course, the reps voted against him on those issues. He co- tried to contact via Twitter and was ignored on Twitter, and he also signed an online petition on whitehouse.gov and change.org. Uh, that petition was ignored. Huh. Now, huh. here's what he's been told to do and how he thinks it will turn out. Uh, join a local protest campaign for change. Most likely will get ignored because I live in a rural part a flyover state with few people, or protest in the, in the street peacefully, be told by local authorities to get out of the street, get marked as a bat blank insane for the next couple of years, will make it hard to find a job or be taken seriously in all parts of the U.S. where most people are to keep quiet and keep to themselves. So after all of this, what's a guy to do? I actually want to get something done about these issues, <laughs> and I feel important uh, I feel that they are important, but I'm not sure how to proceed or how to get something done. Please forgive me for making this so U.S.-centric, and feel free to share your experiences regardless of roca- location. Now, the one thing that I didn't see here that he tried is, yes, he did try by email. Yeah. He did try by physical email. Has he thought about picking up the phone? Mm. Um, you know, you know. obviously, here's the thing, you know. It's very easy to uh, take emails and Twitter and get those responses canned. Uh, he did send a, his uh, representative physical mail, which is nice. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a nice touch. I, 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 you know, for me, sometimes I like to be annoying. And what I will do to be annoying, especially to my government officials, mm-hmm. is first off, I will definitely call the phone number. And, yeah. And I will, and I'll typically, you know, typically you reach these uh, the, the the switchboard. Uh, but I will call a few times, and I will try to set an appointment to talk to my representative. Does it work? Sometimes it works. Huh. The other thing, too, is instead of sending physical mail, I will send a certified letter with return receipt. No. Yeah. Because that means someone physically has to sign for that document. Right. That's annoying. 
That's true. <laughs> um, now, the thing is, if you get a lot of people, a lot of people to make phone calls, you can overload uh, phone banks. Yeah. You can cause problems. Yeah. I think sometimes those are a little effective. Also, doesn't hurt to get uh, – if he's in the Midwest, obviously, which he he says he is, uh, television stations in the Midwest are usually small market. They are clamoring to get ratings, and if you're not batshit crazy – and you want to get – and you have a good thought and a good protest and you're trying to con- – you could say to that local news agent say, hey, look, my representative is not representative of me. He's ignoring me. And now you're using the media for you against the representative. What do you think of this uh, Reddit Restore the Fourth uh, movement where people are coming together to plan an event on the 4th of July to protest what's going on? You think it's something? I mean at least it's people – it working. does, but the but the problem is got that fifteen thousand subscribers right now. The the problem with that is you already have a huge national holiday. There's going to be a lot of noise and a lot of things happening. Yeah, and the media it won't be around to cover it. Right, because yeah, that's going to kill it right there. It's going to kill it. Uh, I I think you have to try to separate it out and try to make sure it doesn't get overwhelmed by another distraction. They bought an ad in the New York Times though. A full-page ad. But, well, you know. That'll help. That'll help, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, our next email came from somebody I realized I included a part he didn't want included, the part where he calls us conspiracy theorists. Uh, but he says, uh, Dear Chris and Chase, I'm a member of the U.S. Pirate Party. Our platform is as follows. Intellectual property law reform based around FOSS and free culture, government transparency, protection of privacy, and civil liberties, and more. Our latest project involves cryptocurrency public events to educate the general public on both theory and implementation of encryption, including email, web surfing, folders, encryption, etc., He's got a, he links us to the official page, uspirates.org. I would like you guys to discuss the benefits of such an event on Unfilter. I love the idea, Linux Nick, because uh, one of the problems that uh, GPG has, I've been exchanging emails with a few folks that I can't really say anything about via GPG, and, uh, encrypted emails, and the problem is, is you have to communicate up front, hey, I want to send you something, can we exchange keys? So all of that is captured. And then once you start it, once you get down to brass taxes, you, you know, everything from that point forward isn't encrypted. Right. But that initial contact, you know, that provides proof. I have an idea for you, Chris. It's real simple. Uh-huh. Use iMessage. Oh, yeah. Apple's already freely admitted that iMessage is encrypted. Yeah. From end to end. So just use iMessage and I, you're fine. I think they might have a master key. Um, All right, fair enough. But uh, there's a there's an open source project called BitMessage that sort of allows you for encrypted anonymous contact, but that's for another show. Uh, so, anyways, thanks, Linux Nick. Something to uh, talk about. If you guys are interested in cryptography or want to get more, you should go check out uspirates.org where they have a wiki with the Crypto Party Guide. Yes, very good. All right, well, we got uh, another email, right? Yes, and this one came in from Jonathan. His uh, question was an American view of the American healthcare system versus the world. So. I have a huge backlog, and perhaps this has already been covered. If not, an American view of the American health system versus the world? For reference, in Sweden, where I happily reside, the total cost for me, should I break my leg, is about $50. Wow. That's so incredible. What, so what he's trying to say is... we like, what, $10,000 here in the U.S.? <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously, you know, the full effects of the quote-unquote Obamacare hasn't fully taken effect yet. Uh, according to uh, – oh, wait. That was in the pre-show. Never yeah. mind. I shouldn't bring that up. Yeah. That's for supporters only. But according to Ed Schultz, uh, 40 million people are already covered. What do you think, Chase? Well, I I, I, I don't think it, you can do a simple comparison because our system's already totally screwed up already. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I mean, I was just uh, watching uh, the, the spoon-fed news today. And they were talking about how obesity is now going to be classified as a disease. 
and how they're going to try to get the healthcare agencies to cover it, which Allah means more surgeries, medications, et cetera, et cetera. Which will drive up the cost. Which will drive up more costs. I, I just, you know, it's it's a huge cluster F, it, it, in my opinion. Yeah, the problem is the prices are so high that it's impractical to pay for I, it. I think, and, you know, I know I might get lambasted for this, but I think that it should just be a single-payer system. Um, I, I, I think, I, I, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but I think isn't that what Congress has? They have a single-payer system, uh, you know, where they just, you know, commit, you know, one price and it's one thing. Right. Why can't we do that here? Why why is that not functionally possible? And I feel like that would be the safest way, the fairest way, and it would be across the board. I unless someone can tell me why that's not possible. Yeah, I, I I would love to know. I don't it is it's disappointing because America is the land of all these things, but we can't get this particular thing figured out. And it's funny because uh, you know, being uh, in a position where uh, we kind of have contact with people outside the U.S., it's definitely one of the top things that I kind of get ribbed about. It's like, yeah, you guys don't even have health care. Like, you guys you guys think you're so developed? You don't even have health care. What's the matter with you? Yeah. What's the matter <laughs> with you? Um, all right. Well, we have uh, Kyle who wrote in with uh, with an email about the NSA being easily circumvented. Yes. He says, uh, Chris and Chase, I've been listening since episode number one, and I am now a subscriber. I blew up my TV Years ago, due to the horrid quality of news. So having a meta news show that looks critically at the tactics and hidden messages of the pop news outlets is refreshing. Meta. Meta. Not meta. Oh, meta, meta. Yeah. Potato, potato. We are kind of a meta news show. That's though. true. Although blanket wiretaps are arguably unconstitutional, they oh. are easily circumvented with Tor, PGB, T- PGP encryption, SSL offshore VPNs, Bitcoins, I2P, and blowing up your computer. In the end, if you are trusting any company with embarrassing or incriminating data, then you deserve to get busted. As soon as you walk into a Walmart, you are on film. Mm-hmm. So don't, uh, don't. I'm sorry. So you don't uh, sliding smack and uh, so you don't sling smack, smack and, and kitty porn, porn in, the in the middle, middle of, of a Walmart. Walmart. Yes. <laughs> The real travesty here is the ludicrous amount of money being spent to catch only the most careless of, quote, terrorists. I figured I'd chime in uh, since this is a dissenting opinion amongst the unfiltered audience. Never stop, Negro. P.S. Blow up your devil boxes. I recommend copious amounts of Tannerite. I I agree with him. So you're going to have a technical elite who know how to use encryption. And who and what I mean by that is the problem with PGP and GPG is the other side often screws it up. They get a file from you and they save it on their hard drive and that hard drive then gets seized. Or they save it in Google Docs and then they go get Google Docs accounts subpoenaed. So the problem with encryption in modern day implementations is that usually on one end it fails. So that means only the people that are clever enough to make it work will be the people that are safe, a.k.a. they will become the technical elite. These will be the people that know how to issue payments in Bitcoin. These will be the people that know how to encrypt their hard drives. And they will be the people that are safe from the Internet, our audience. So, hi, everybody. That's great. But the people who don't, <laughs> people, the people, the people who they will still catch. And by the way, this is backed up by the NSA whistleblowers. Two different yep. NSA whistleblowers have said that if you do proper encryption, they're not able to break it right now. Right. Don't know if their information is out of date, but I think that's worth noting. But what it does tell you, and I think Kyle nails it here in his email, Chase, is that it's only the dumb terrorists they're going to catch, the ones that weren't smart enough to use encryption. And so then we're building this multi-million, billion-dollar system where we're contracting out the usage of it to all of these contractors. So we're giving over America's confidential information to a group of contractors 
all to catch the dumbest of the terrorists. All yeah. So apparently right. all, all Al-Qaeda needs to do is go download GPG, and they're good from the NSA. You know, Chris, one of the things that I use right now currently is Carrier Pigeon, mm. and I, I find it works really quite well. What I do is I jump on the back of trains, oh. and then I just bring notes with me. Well, there you go. That yeah. works, too. Uh, we do have uh, one last email yes, to get we do. to, because uh, I think it's a correction, and yeah. we should try to correct ourselves. With yeah, it. so this come on, comes in from Dennis, and he says, hey, Chris and Chase... Thanks for the nice show, but You're I have welcome. one correction, uh, correction to make regarding your comments about how government hacking is done in Germany. Hello, everybody. The CCC, the Chaos Computer Club, is yeah. Europe's largest association of hackers. It's a NGO and could best be described as Germany's EFF. They expose the shady outsourcing and use of a Trojan horse, the so-called Jainer to the prices. But they exposed the use of a Trojan by the government, right? Yes. Uh, they even analyzed it and found severe security problems. Thanks <laughs> to them, this practice even came into the public eye. After a long dedication to the issue of privacy and IT security, it nearly blew my lid off. And I heard your comment on how they proposed to the government to do their hacking for them. Sorry for the rant. Keep up the good work. I think it was a misunderstanding. You know what? That is... The more you know. That's the more you know about the Chaos Computer Club. Right. Uh, so a huge jerk over here. Uh, Fox News alert chase. Uh, big jerk uh, getting news into the studio right now. Chris is an asshat. Uh, he asked for uh, he asked for voicemails last week and then forgot to check the voicemail box. But I still want to get your voicemails. We did get guys. voicemails. We have voicemails. Do we? I, yeah, because I get I, I can't you, read them. You get, you get the email note. Yeah, I get the email note, but I can't yeah. look at them because I don't have the phone. All right. Well, you guys leave us a voicemail. Let us know what you think of these issues. Call us one four two five three one two seventeen fifty six. Or you could Skype Unfilter Show. That's right. All right, Mr. Chase. Well, what do you say uh, we start to wrap this uh, shenanigans up? Shenanigans! And uh, maybe we could tell people about the uh, subreddit before we get out of here. I, I got to say, I'm very proud that you guys have been hitting this goal, every goal that I've set every single week. Oh. And, I, and I think you guys are awesome for that. Uh, we are at 456 readers of the Unfilter subreddit at unfilter.reddit.com. And go. by the way, if you can get to 460, that's the next mini that's goal. That's the next goal? That's only a four more readers. Also, uh, there is a very awkward and fantastic clip where uh, this actor goes on MSNBC. I didn't play it in the show because it doesn't translate to audio very well, but it is very well worth watching. It's in the subreddit right now. It's Sweet. video. Go check that out. Unfiltered.reddit.com. Yes. Mr. Chase, what if I want to get a hold of you, say, like on Twitter? So maybe I want to give you some wisdom and 140 characters, well, ask I'm, you I'm a gonna, question. I'm going to throw a curveball at you because I have a new place where people can track down Lay it on, on me, me, man. Lay it on they me. They can head to my name, ChaseNunes.com. 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 That's where you can link into my Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Vimeo, YouTube, Reddit, Flickr, all that fun stuff. You can uh, connect with me there and also send me emails if you want. What? What? Really? Yeah. Now, Chris, where can people follow you if they want to track you down? You can follow me over on Twitter.com slash ChrisLAS. I have links to that in the show notes, so uh, you can always find other profiles there as well. Yes. Now, Chase, right. uh, got yeah. any shows I can check out? Yes, we have. Uh, there's a lot of great content that I create. What? Yes, uh, I'm an independent internet broadcaster like yourself. Geekgamer.tv is the URL. Got gaming, pinball content, Minecraft content. Dropped the news today that the Xbox One is reversing their policy on online DRM, which is nice to see uh, Microsoft doing about face on. No kidding. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, boom. There you go. Don't forget Unfilter is live on Wednesdays over at jblive.tv. Go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar for the latest times. And join us live in the chat room and hang out. And if you're a supporter, go check your inbox. We've got a great supporter show for you this week. That's right. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Unfilter. See you right back here next, next week. week.